Welcome to this edition of the JNP podcast. Joining me today to discuss their original research paper in this month's JNP titled Clinical and Neuropsychological Profile of Patients with Dementia and Chronic Traumatic Encephalopathy is Dr. Christian Lebu. Dr. Lebu is Assistant Professor in Psychiatry and Neurological Surgery and a Neuropsychologist at the Peter O'Donnell Jr. Brain Institute, which is at UT Southwestern Medical Center. So a very warm welcome to you, uh, Dr. Lebu, and uh, thanks for joining us on the um, our podcast. Thank you. So I might start by asking you if you can tell us why you undertook this study and what your specific aims were. So CTE or chronic traumatic encephalopathy is a very early is in the very early stages of being a clinical condition. There have been many symptoms reported to be related to CTE pathology, including uh, depression, suicidality, disinhibition, irritability, substance use. And so, in fact, there have been 56 different symptoms that have been reported in the literature as being assumed to be related to CTE. Uh, this has led to wide public awareness about CTE, many fears about developing CTE, obviously. But one question that we had was, what is actual clinical presentation of those with CTE? Because a lot of the prior studies they have been based off of reported symptoms from spouses or family members after individuals have been identified at autopsy, which obviously um, has limitations because it opens itself up to inaccuracies and in recall, as well as some other dilemmas. So there have been no study to date that actually use standard clinical assessments during life in order to characterize what clinical symptoms patients that have CTE actually have. Not only that, but prior studies have also had some shortcomings in that co-occurring pathologies were often found in those with CTE. So uh, pure CTE was quite rare, but oddly, the uh, weight given to conditions like Alzheimer's disease, which are have been common, have actually been pretty overlooked or even ignored oftentimes. And so the real question we had was, uh, if we compare a group of patients with CTE to a group of patients that had Alzheimer's disease, is there a distinct clinical profile? Does it map on to what has been said to be uh, seen previously in individuals who had CTE, um, or is it different? Is it even distinct from Alzheimer's disease? And I know for your study, um, you utilize data from the National Alzheimer's Coordinating Centers. Maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about this consortium and uh, the assessments that the study population undertake. So the National Alzheimer's Coordinating Center is a very rich data set uh, that actually is a very valuable resource for researchers in aging and dementia. So NAC is what is called in short. They've been collecting or pulling information from specialized dementia clinics on patients who have had dementia and tracking disease progression over the past 15 years. It's, and they collect comprehensive information, including not only demographics, uh, neurological exam findings, neuropsychological testing, 
but also information about ApoE4, as well as some other kind of rich clinical data, if you will. And because of that, uh, they also have been able to track individuals to when they pass and go to autopsy. So there's a way to actually combine clinical data with that identified at autopsy so that clinical assessments during life can be paired with uh, autopsy confirmed cases, which is exactly what we wanted to do. So in terms of just the assessments that is regularly administered to the population, they typically will undergo a standard neurological exam, which includes like a mini mental state examination, clinical dementia rating interview, a assessment of motor skills using the unified Parkinson's disease rating scale. We'll also undergo a pretty intensive assessment of emotional and behavioral symptoms with the neuropsychiatric inventory questionnaire. And then they also complete several measures of neuropsychological functioning, evaluating memory, language, as well as aspects of attention and executive functioning. So this is a very comprehensive assessment. So maybe you can summarize the features uh, from your cohort. Um, what were the key pathological findings in your study population? So out of 339 cases examined for CTE pathology at autopsy, there were actually only six identified with CTE lesions. And, and, and that's been since 2014, that NAC has actually been examining and coding that information. While we had a really small sample with CTE, that is very similar to the published literature in this con with this condition. Uh, we were able to match a group with Alzheimer's disease based off of clinical and autopsy findings uh, we were able to match them on sex and, and age in order to compare uh, these two groups. Now, all the individuals with CT were male. Um, so obviously all of our Alzheimer's disease subjects were actually male too. Across the groups though, the, they were highly educated. You know, had, most had some level of college education they had similar ages at which they were diagnosed with dementia. They had very similar age at which they passed away um, and went to autopsy. So the disease course for both groups was actually highly similar. And we had not planned on that being the case, but it certainly makes our interpretations easier and I think stronger in terms of um, our conclusion. With regard to the pathological findings, uh, something that really surprised us was those individuals that had CTE, when we looked at co-occurring pathologies, they actually all had Alzheimer's disease. That was actually not the only pathology that was seen as well. Other conditions that were pretty frequent within that cohort, TAR DNA binding protein, arteriosclerosis, uh, and hippocampal sclerosis. So, it was clear to us that we did not have a pure CTE group per se. However, as I mentioned earlier, this is a very common phenomenon within the CTE literature. Um, and so we still had some value in, in looking at the clinical profiles 
and determining if there are actually any distinct features. It is, is well known that other conditions that occur with Alzheimer's disease are known to produce greater impairments. And so this was kind of a question that we are also trying to answer in a sense. Did CTE add to the clinical presentation on top of what did we find in, in, with the pathological findings? Mm, so very well detailed pathologically. So now turning to the clinical aspects, what differences did you find when you examined the neurological, neuropsychological, and neuropsychiatric data on these patients? Interestingly, we looked at a number of measures, global cognitive screening scores, disease severity in terms of um, the CDR, the clinical dementia rating scale, severity of motor symptoms, prevalence of, of motor abnormalities like tremor, rigidity, slowness in movement, we actually did not find any differences in, in those measures between the two groups. Qualitatively, the CTE group actually had slightly higher scores on the kind of brief cognitive exam with the MMSE. Uh, it wasn't statistically significant, but it was certainly noticeably higher. The neuropsychological measures, uh, when we examine that in detail, across the different measures, no differences whatsoever. When we looked at the profile, so actually looking at the level of impairment uh, across the two groups, we actually, what we observed was for both groups, memory dysfunction was the greatest area of difficulty, which was followed by low scores in aspects of language and executive functioning. And not surprisingly for the Alzheimer's disease group, this is classically what we see with Alzheimer's disease. Now with the CTE group, we were a bit surprised by that. Um, it mapped on very well to what was seen in Alzheimer's disease and the profiles were very similar. With the emotional behavioral symptoms, this was information that we actually looked at uh, at two time points. So the previous data, we looked at time uh, at which the groups were diagnosed with dementia. Uh, we did not have that information at the last clinical visit before they presented for autopsy. They were just too impaired. However, with the neuropsychiatric data, we were actually able to look at both time points to see if disease progression may have been quite different. And what we found is that at both time points, time at which they were diagnosed with dementia, time uh, at which they passed away before last clinical visit, the emotional behavioral symptoms were very similar in terms of the severity as well as the frequency of symptoms. Anxiety and apathy was the most prevalent symptom seen in those with CTE, which mirrored what was seen in Alzheimer's disease. When we fast forward to the last clinical visit uh, prior to autopsy, we saw the same pattern. Notably, what we did not see was a lot of depression, substance use, disinhibition, or irritability. Uh, very few individuals with CTE actually had those features, which contrasts what has been previously described for CTE pathology. So 
how do you think your current findings uh, contribute to our current understanding of the clinical aspects of CTE and indeed how um, it might impact on developing any future clinical diagnostic criteria for CTE? Well, CTE, as, a, as I said, is a very early, is in the very early stages of being a clinical condition. I think this study really further suggests that there is a lot that we just don't know about CTE um, and its implications. You know, first and foremost, you know, the symptoms previously said to be related to CTE, those would appear to have been premature. Uh, when we look at actual standard clinical evaluations, those were not associated with the pathology itself. Also, the condition CTE, uh, there are two ways that the findings may actually add to its understanding. And these are questions that really can't be answered um, within the current data, but certainly it points to two possibilities. And that is one, because our, both of our groups, those who had CTE, um, also had Alzheimer's disease, uh, compared to our other group with Alzheimer's disease, had similar profiles neurologically, neuropsychologically, as well as the emotional behavioral symptoms. It really calls into question what is the meaningfulness of the CTE pathology when it is present. Is it meaningful, actually? This is something that we just don't know at this point. Or does it have a distinct profile that actually may mirror uh, those with Alzheimer's disease, but it's just, it's hard to really identify or be distinguished? The other possibility is that perhaps there may be some implications of CTE but there may be a threshold at which it becomes meaningful. We weren't able to actually look at that within our data. Now, I should say that previously, all individuals who have had very mild to severe you know, pathological lesions of CTE have been said to have the symptoms described. Now, it is possible that there actually may be some type of threshold required to produce symptoms which is something that's a, a very similar criteria seen in Alzheimer's disease and other well-known conditions. So we can't throw everything out completely, but the findings certainly raise questions about the current kind of uh, notion of, of what CTE is considered and its significance. So moving forward, one of the things that you know, the scientific community is going to have to accomplish is not only using standard diagnostic uh, clinical evaluations during life in individuals with CT, but also exploring whether there may be a distinct clinical profile of symptoms in those that have pure CTE, so that is without co-occurring pathologies, and comparing that also to individuals who have coexisting pathologies, so CTE with like Alzheimer's disease. By doing so, that's really the only way we're going to move forward in identifying the significance of CTE and what symptoms may actually be associated with the pathology. 
So it sounds like there's a lot more to come on this um, emerging clinical entity of, of CTE. Uh, but for now, I want to thank my guest, uh, Dr. Christian Lebou, who's the uh, author, first author of this paper, uh, and remind our listeners that the paper is now available in full to download at the JNNP website. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>